listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Marks. And we want to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz. Well, I want to I welcome in a, a longtime friend and uh, a guy that the football world definitely knows very well, Mr. Ronnie Lott, the four-time Super Bowl winner and NFL Hall of Famer. And uh, Ronnie, welcome to the show, man. I'm, I'm joined here by the coach. The, the, the Mr. Football Coach, uh, Mike Martz, and we're here, man, and we're very happy to have you on board. Welcome, Ryan. No, this is fantastic. Um, I have a, a lot of respect for Coach Martz uh, over the years, uh, competing against him, uh, never not having a chance to uh, be on the same side where I didn't have to worry about running a slant or running a slant and go or having three <laughs> different options or trying to find myself trying to figure out what is he going to do to us next. But it's obviously a pleasure to uh, uh, be in his acquaintance along with, with yourself, Ron. Uh, I mean, as you know, uh, anytime you can be around guys like Coach and yourself, it's always a good day. Absolutely, man. It's it's great. We get to, to talk football every week here, and I swear, I think I know a lot about this business. But then Mike starts talking, and I, I realize how little I know. So uh, this this is great. I was just thinking the other day, when when was the first time you and I met? And I and I wanna I wanna say, believe it or not, it goes all the way back to uh, when I was in high school. I took a recruiting trip out to USC, and. No, Norv Turner was then the defensive back coach, right? Yeah. And we were walking through like your little quad area there on campus, and up you walk, and you had on a Buffalo Bill shirt. Now I'm I'm living in Buffalo at the time because my dad's coaching for Buffalo, and uh, I said, "Hey, man, I like the shirt." And you said, "You said, hey, tell your pops to draft me. I'll go." <laughs> Well, you know this, one of the great things in life, when you have those kind of moments, as we all do, um, first of all, you know, think about what your dad, which I know a lot about it, because um, the great thing about sports is that you have the ability to think about all the characters and all the relationships and all the people, and then to watch your dad play. And, And you don't even know this. My my dad and I, when I was a kid, we had just moved to California. The uh, the Green Bay Packers come out in nineteen six. I want to say nineteen seventy one, seventy two. They come out to play at the Coliseum. My dad takes me to the game. We can't get in because it's sold out. Obviously, it's the Rams and the and the and the uh, Packers are playing, uh, you got, you know, Roman Gabriel, you got, you know, Jack Snow, you wow. got all yeah. the greats, you got Star and all the great players. 
you got your dad. And, and, and so I remember I couldn't get in. My dad and I, we walked around. And then after the game, we waited. And we waited for the guys to come out the tunnel. And I saw your dad and saw a number of the guys come out the tunnel. And for me, that was my first kind of like, you know, the, the moment where you're measuring up and you're measuring up to your heroes and you're measuring up to, you know, who they are and, and um, you're measuring up to um, the kind of, you know, it, it was magical. And the reason it's magical is that for me, um, you know, I was like, I think I was like about, you know, 10, 11 years old. And I was sitting there going, this is unbelievable. Yeah. It's right in front of me. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a great day for me. Yeah. Wow. That's something else. Mike, uh, Mike, you, you talk a lot about uh, your influence from one of the great teachers in this game, uh, Mr. Sid Gilman. You know, uh, that whole era was like the word you used, magical, right, is, is appropriate. It was, I, I think, the heyday of the, the National Football League, the great personalities that established the, the league and, and uh, I guess, the future of the National Football League. Uh, and it became America's game. That, that was a real magical time in the National Football League. I remember watching Ron's dad play and, of course, uh, I'm older than you guys, but I also know, Ron, I, I mean, this, uh, there's there's elite players and there's the elite of the elite, the very special few, that, and that's the, the realm that you are in and, and uh, you played a game yeah. at a, a wholly different level than everybody else and just a, a real honor to, to visit with you today. But, I, Ron, I have a question for you that I was thinking about this. How on the field – as you watch football today in the NFL, how is the game different in your opinion, or is it the same? What comes to mind when I watch the game today, what I love is that uh, if you think about if you think about the offense that the Rams had, and you think about some of the principles, and you think about the the, uh, the quick passes, the, the 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 rotation, especially when you watch the 49ers, when you watch the 49ers and the way that they run their offense and the crispness, it's really crisp. It's really on point. It's really direct. And it reminds me of the San Diego, you know, discipline, some of the characteristics of that offense. Uh, so I like the way that the game is played. I like the way that the defensive game is played. When you see a great defense that is really playing, uh, good football. I like the way that they play. I like the toughness. I like the physicality. Um, 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 the thing that, that people always are trying to say that, that that you don't see enough of, which I think I do, and that is, you know, the big hit. And, and what I love is that I still see a big hit. And I still see somebody delivering it with their shoulder or somebody delivering it you know, running through a guy uh, through the midsection, and 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 so I don't, you don't, you don't have to have the head in the situation or in that moment or the head leading the opportunity to make a great play. You can have a great tackle, and you can see somebody get physical 
with a tackle. I'm not, you know, I've been watching Adams, the kid um, from uh, Seattle. I've been watching him, you know, especially the first couple of games. He's been hurt the last couple of games. But when I watch him, I love his tenacity. I love, you know, while I was watching Peppers, the uh, 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 giant uh, uh, defensive back, I, I, I love watching him and love his the way that he gets around the field. So there are guys that you 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 like to watch, and 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 I love the fact that when y'all watch ball, uh, it doesn't matter who I'm watching. I love when I watch good stuff. I love when I watch good offense and good defense. And that Seattle game the other night was, you know, good offense. It was amazing. Yeah, no, you're right. And the Abram kid from uh, from the Raiders, the safety number twenty four. He he'll light you up too. He's very active back there. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he was that way. He was that way at A and M, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, that that's right. That's right. Now he uh, going back to what you just said about tackling. How were you taught to tackle, Ronnie? And if you had to play the game these days. How would you adjust your style, and and would you? I mean, you almost would have to, or you'd probably give up a lot of money and fines. I don't know. I mean, how would you handle it today, as a hitter? Well, well I tell people this all the time. Barry Bonds, great hitter, one of the best hitters ever in baseball, said to me, "Look, when they change the strike zone, I have to adjust. I have to work at it. I have to get better at it." The same thing applies to the strike zone right now. The strike zone has changed. It's different. You can't do certain things that you that I, that we did. And so the strike zone is different. You got to be able to hit the strike zone, and you got to be able to work at it. You got to be able to practice at it. You got to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, you got to want to be the best tackler ever. And if you want to be the best tackler ever, you're going to hit the strike zone at the right spot. And my, and my point is, I'm tired of telling and seeing and hearing people complain about, oh, it's not like it was when well. <laughs> And nothing's like it was. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing is like it was before. Interesting. So play with the rules. Play with life. Be the best you can. Play under the confines of this environment and know that if Barry Bonds can change and be the best hitter ever, you can change and be the best hitter ever. And so I, I see a lot of, you know, every week we evaluate. There's a safety committee. There's a, a, a group of guys that look at, you know, great hits. And so we evaluate all the good things that people are doing. And, and it tells me that I want to celebrate the good part of the game. I want to celebrate the things that people are doing right. And that's what I love about the game of football, man. There are a lot of guys going out doing exceptional things and playing the game the right way and making great hits, making great moments. And uh, that's what I love about watching defense. I love when I see somebody go up and make a great play. Man, that's that's the, the most passionate thing in the world to see somebody that's playing on the defensive side deny an offensive player an opportunity. Preparing to play today versus how we would prepare to play. You know, we, we, we maybe had one, maybe two mini camps, 
But I don't know if – well, we definitely didn't have the full year-round off-season training programs like these guys have now. And the facilities are better. The food's better. The fact that they even get food full-time is, is big to me. What, what are some of the biggest differences you see just in the off-season preparation from, from you know, season to off-season back to season? Well, I think what's great, and this is what I love – Coach, is that when you think about the off season, you know one of the great things that 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 I enjoyed is that I got to know, you know, the guys, and I got to know who they were, and, and and got a chance to get to understand what they were thinking about. I got a chance to really appreciate the elements of 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 of, of not only, you know. I know they're good guys, but I didn't really get a chance to know that. And I think the, the off season now for a lot of these guys, they get a chance to get to know the guys. They get a chance to spend time with them. They get a chance to, you know, understand some of the things that they do really well, some of the things they don't do really well. I I, I enjoy it because I think when I think of the game of ball and I think of football, you know, you, you, 10 years goes by so fast. 10 years goes, it, it, it just goes by so fast. And that all of a sudden, if you have a 10 or 15 or whatever, however many years, it's some of the best moments in your life. And and you're with some of the best people in your life. And, 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 and to me, knowing what I know about but these guys get a chance to spend an extra hour with Axel Reynolds, to spend <laughs> an extra hour with Fred Dean, to spend an extra hour with Carlton, Carlton Williamson or Dwight Hicks or Eric Wright. And, and my point is that spending time with people always enhances your life because the great thing about competitors is that the more you're around them, the more you realize how much you have in common. The more you want to get better, the more you want to find ways to improve upon your game. So I'm glad that a lot of these guys get a chance to have uh, the capacity to spend more time. Yes, some people would say you need to get a break, you need to get away, but you know what? I, I mean, I still... I. Trust me, I'm I'm still sniffing ball, man. I still love it. I still like being around it, right. and I just enjoy it because it's a great. It's being in the locker room is it's it's a it's a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege to be in that locker room. So sometimes, you know, the guys, you know, just is not going to be something that you're going to do for 40, 50 years. You know, so. Enjoy the privilege of, of, the, of the opportunity. We're on with Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott. Ronnie, when we played, and Mike, when you were in coaching, I think one of the big things we had to go through as far as environmental and external issues was a strike. I remember we went through the strike of 87. That was the, the one I remember. And, you know, that was, that was big. That was something different in, in a young age. To go through all that was was definitely an eye-opening experience. Now today, the guys are going through this COVID-19 deal. 
Ronnie, give me your thoughts on that. And as a player, how would you look at this and how do you look at it now? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Uh, to me, again, if you start with the idea, it's a privilege. You've got to start with the idea that the privilege now is changed and the environment of the privilege has changed, meaning that I got a, I have even a higher responsibility in terms of how I think and how I view my teammates and how I come to work, how I yeah. do certain things. Because I need to find a way to make sure that not only am I protecting me and my family, but I'm protecting them and their families. And mm-hmm. so I have a higher responsibility because I believe that it's important that we, I'm conscious. Uh, one of the great things that we have exercised in certain parts of this country, people have exercised the conscience of taking care of others. And, 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 and I think that that responsibility for me, I would hate to be the one guy that gave it or the one guy that got it and the one guy who took somebody's, <laughs> took, the, took the meal off of somebody's, you know, off somebody's uh, table mm-hmm. because that meal means a lot to that guy. And so if it means a lot, then I got to think that I got to go through the same idea and the same thought. I got to find a way to do everything I possibly can do to protect him because that's my brother. That's my, that's my friend. That's my colleague. That's my partner. And, and my point to you is that, you know, we say all those things, do we exercise all those things? And I think that that's how I would approach it because um, um, I don't want to be the guy, you know, who, like, remember, there used to be that saying, oh, you don't want to be that guy. Don't be the guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that does that. Right. I don't want to be the guy that hurts our team. I don't want to be the guy that causes us to, uh, you know, move our game. I don't want to be the guy, and the only reason I don't want to be the guy, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost you something. Yeah. So I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, Ronnie, you've got a, uh, a, a you're in the car business up there in, in the Bay Area. You're still living there, and uh, you've got a, a family podcast that you do with your daughter Haley called Mind Games. And I, I had a chance to listen last night, and it's really done very well. And your daughter really talks about some issues that uh, that are unique and and are sensitive issues, you know, about emotions and consciousness and how you think and so on and so forth. How how did you guys get involved in this? Where, where did the idea come for the podcast, Coach? Uh, it came from her. It came from her, and it came from her because you know, like a lot of kids. Um, they're always searching to find ways to get better. And I think one, one of the things that I loved about my daughter, when she approached me about it, she goes, do you think we can do this together? And by the way, I, I think that, that this is going to be something that we can help people and educate people. And so for me, being with her and being able to listen and to be able, being able to see some of the people that she's met I'm able to introduce her to some of the people I've met and we get a chance to talk about an issue that clearly is an issue that a lot of people never really talked about. And that is, 
you know, the mental health of all of us. And when you think about it, one of the things that I remember greatly is that when you walk in the locker room of a, of a, of an NFL team, you got 70, 80 guys that have all types of personalities and all types of stuff going on. And what you really start to understand is that the guys that are the most stable, the guys that are finding themselves that are practical, the guys that are finding themselves doing all the right things, usually stay around the longest. They usually play the longest. And a lot of that's due to a lot of the disciplines and a lot of the characteristics that they have. So to me, the mental side of life is it's essential for a lot of reasons. And I'm glad my daughter and I are able to talk about it. And more importantly, to, to really kind of bring light to some issues that, you know, a lot of people have. And, and you know, I played with one of the great football players. Charles Haley is one of the great football players. And Charles, Charles will tell you that there were days that he had some issues around mental illness and, and those days that he had those issues, um, he could have moments where um, you didn't want to be around him. <laughs> That's the, true. At the same time, yeah. there was something there was something about that guy that I can tell you, man, that he also had the mental capacity to be one of the great players. And he had moments where he could literally tell me exactly what is going to happen on this play and this play and that play and that play. And so what I loved about that was despite what people knew about him, they didn't know that, man, this dude was arguably one of the smartest, one of the most studious guys that I've ever been around because he used to camouflage it because he wanted people to think he was crazy. But well, he did, a, time, he did a good job of that, too. <laughs> yeah, but he was a really, really smart, bright guy. I believe and, uh, that. That's yeah. why he went on the coach yeah. in the NFL because he could do that. Yeah. Before I let you go here, I want to get your thoughts on uh, your old team, the 49ers. They're they're sitting here at two and three. Uh, dropped one last week against the Eagles. A lot of injuries, Ronnie. Where, where do you where do you see them going the rest of the year? Well, first of all, um, the offensive and head coach is a lot like the guy on the phone, and um, um, a lot like you know, coach. And 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 what I'm trying to get the audience to understand is that the idea of winning is always out coaching others, and uh, and that's what Coach Smart did. That's what Bill Walsh did, and and that's what you know this guy is able to do. Uh, Shanahan, he's able to out coach guys. He's able to help you move the offensive ball. Um, the hard part is that this year, because of the injuries that they've had, because of some of the challenges that they've had, um, it happens where you have an, a year that you know, like they're having, where the injury bug takes over. But the bigger thing for me is, will they come back? I believe, and I've always said, give me a way 
and I can find a way and give me a chance and I can find a chance of figuring out how we can make the playoffs. And so mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not ruling, I'm not going to rule them out yet. I think that they still have a chance to get in the playoffs. I still think they have a chance to, to win some games by just out executing teams. Uh, but clearly, uh, their secondary, even last year, their secondary was probably not the best asset. And and when you go back, if you go back to the history of the game, when 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 here I'm telling you, Pippy and Coach, when you go back to the history of the game, even when I went back in in the early '60s, if you can play defense, especially in the secondary, you can win Super Bowls. And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, over the years, I've watched a lot of teams, a lot of teams that could play a secondary football and 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 win a lot of football games. And right now, that that it feels like the Niners. If there's a weak a, a weak a weak part of their game, the weak part of their game is their secondary. Yeah, and, and we've seen that with some other teams. I know Coach has talked a lot about the, the Cowboys secondary, and they were trying to get that fixed, and now they've got other issues going on in the quarterback change, as everyone knows about the injury to Dak Prescott. As you look around the rest of the league, Ronnie, okay, so the NFC West, you know, that right now is is a two-team deal. It's It's Seattle and it's the Rams. Those are the two top dogs. And like you say, it's about getting healthy for the 49ers. But let me bounce you over to the NFC South. And we saw a game uh, on Monday night involving the uh, the L.A. Chargers and the New Orleans Saints, which, quite frankly, I look at that Saints team and everything looks different. Uh, the quarterback looks different. Uh, probably a game that the Chargers should have won. But as I say, you know, you got to take the game. They're not going to give it to you. Yeah, because that, that quarterback – Drew Brees is like Dan Fouts. And what I mean by that, man, it, you, you, it's hard It's hard to kill those kind of guys. They just keep coming at you. Mm. And they keep coming at you. And they keep coming at you. And they keep and they, they keep finding ways to win because they are, um, they are able to see things that a lot of people can't see when they play that position. And so last night, they were down, they were down, they were down, and boom, boom, boom. Before you know it, now there is the game, and now it's tied, and then he does what he needs to do, and all of a sudden, you know, the Chargers lose the game. I was impressed, though, I was impressed by the fact that he was able to do what he was able to do. I think he's going to have a a great career. Uh, I I really thought that uh, he did some things that, uh, showed me that he has the poise, that he has the capacity to um, to, to to be in this league, and he's going to be a he's going to be he's going to be a quarterback that a lot of people are going to enjoy watching as he continues to play for the Chargers. But Drew Brees, uh, you know, still is one of those guys that, hey man, for me, you know. I love having my popcorn and watching him throw the ball around. And he just, just a, he's a great competitor. He he he's always prepared. He always understands the situation. 
and he's never afraid to find a way to do what Joe Montana did. And that is, hey, I'm going to make sure if you if you beat me, you better you better beat me with your best because if you don't, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna beat you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AFC, uh, the Raiders went into Kansas City with a big win. Uh, give me your thoughts on the entire AFC and in particular that game. Well, well, what I loved about that game is that it, it, it reminded me of some good old fashioned. Hey, I'll keep, we're playing a lot of keep away. And, uh, and that, there, and there were, in the second half, they played a lot of keep away. And the running back, Jacobs, just did a phenomenal job. They did an excellent job, the Raiders, running the football in the second half, eating up a lot of clock, keeping those guys on the, on the bench not allowing, playing a lot of defense with their offense. And so you can still win a lot of games that way. And it was shown that, that, that you can do it. And so kudos to, to, to the Raiders for coming in, being able to control the line of scrimmage, being able to take advantage of running the football, keeping that, that, that quarterback, Mahomes, on the sideline, and really disrupting. You know, they did a great job of not allowing, not allowing them to get, you know, a lot of big plays. In the second half, I don't remember them completing a long pass. So there was, they did some really good things. And, and, and the other thing is that now they've shown there that, that, that Kansas City can be, you know, they can be big, but you have to be able to, do what the Raiders were able to do, and 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 that is hard. It is hard to keep that guy on the sidelines, and it's also it, it kind of exposed the Kansas City defense that Kansas City the Kansas City yeah. defense is going to have to work on some things. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, they can't rely on Mahomes to make throws across his body for fifty yards every play and and uh, and bail him out. That's right. Well, Ronnie, I appreciate your time, man. Well, look, I'd love to come back and do it again. I'm, I'm excited for this opportunity to be with, with, with Coach and yourself, Ron. And, and uh, more importantly, man, uh, continued success. I look forward to talking to you guys again, too. Absolutely. All right. Take care, buddy. Good talking to you. Okay. All right, Coach, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Run It Again after this message. Hey there, my name is Tracy Sandler, and every week, along with my co-host Stephanie McCarroll, I host Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. We talk about the latest news in sports and break down an episode of Friday Night Lights. This week, we've got a special guest for a jam-packed episode. From Justin Herbert to the 49ers' struggles to whether the Browns really are good, the Sacramento Bees' Chris Biederman joins us to break down all things NFL. Then we take a look at Major League Baseball's championship series and I reveal how the Dodgers made my NLCS choice very easy. And then we're off to Dylan for the season one finale of Friday Night Lights State. I cry because, obviously, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Welcome back. Here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Mars. Be sure to join them every Tuesday for a new episode of Run It Again.
And that was NFL Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott. Great to have him on. Some uh, Mike, some different perspective there. I, I was really a bit surprised uh, at what he said regarding handling tackling now, you know, versus the way he was taught to tackle. Basically, stop complaining and just get the job done. Exactly. You're not going to change it. You know, the rules are, here's what the rules are. Just, you know, adapt. Uh, that was a great point. I really did. You know, and, and it's why he was such a great player. One of the main reasons why he's such a great player. He's very smart. He understands the game uh, as well as anybody. And uh, I really mean he is not the elite. He's the elite of the elite. He's in that that stratosphere that just a handful of people get in the, in this game, in my opinion. And uh, he's probably one of the best defensive players to ever play. I think, uh, and I don't know, Ronnie, uh, obviously played to get coached against his when he's a player and whatnot. But um, the thing that really uh, struck me was how selfless and how humble he is. Yeah. Um, what a great uh, representative of the National Football League and, and uh, players in general. And I just, uh, I, I hope he gets around a lot of players often, <laughs> current players, because he, You're I just, right. I just hope a little of him rubs off on a lot of people. Uh, I just think he is what the game's about. You're absolutely right. Well, he he darn sure remembers you and some of the stuff you used to throw at him. That's for sure. We didn't throw yeah, at him. He, we we ran and <laughs> threw away from him. I promise you that. But he is, and he oh. really is. And, you know, when you look at great corners and you know great safeties and whatnot, uh, that's why I've always said. And I'm, I know I'm in the very, 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 very few. But to me, the safety position is uh, probably ranked up there in the top two or three on defense. Uh, because when you game plan, those guys mean so much in terms of big plays and allowing that to happen and getting defenses lined up and adjusting and then helping corner, you know, all that stuff. Being matched up yeah. on tight ends, all those things. They're just so – they have to do so much. And the really great ones impact the game more than just about any position on defense. That's right. So we look forward to this, uh, this upcoming week. But first, a quick glance back. In a game that we were discussing briefly there the other day, uh, Seattle and Minnesota, man, that that really was an exciting game. It came down to the last second. A tale of two halves. You know, if you watch the first half, it, it was all Minnesota, and they held the ball. They, 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 they ate up the time of possession, actually ended the game. The Seahawks somehow won the game with only 20 minutes time of possession. Hawks were able to flip it in the second half. But I saw a couple things in that game, Mike, uh, that, that really jumped out at me. Uh, and you always talk about this, and that's why it jumped out at me. The ability to make adjustments. And it, it looked as though the Seahawks were able to make some adjustments in the second half with the, with the help of a couple uh, bad throws or turnovers uh, by Minnesota. Well, they did. And, you know, those mistakes early uh, in the second half really cost uh, Minnesota. Uh, I yeah. do. I think defensively, Minnesota had shocked them. They took away the deep ball threat mm -hmm. completely. And, it was, of course, they make a living on that. And uh, it really uh, forced them to change their defense a little bit. You know, you all of a sudden they start running the football and he starts to scramble. And, uh, you know, Minnesota started to move or change a little bit to adapt to what the Seahawks were doing. And, and they still did a great job with it. Like I said, those two mistakes uh, at the beginning of the half, the turnovers, you know, yeah. they they just hard to win when when you turn the ball over like that. It's just very very difficult to win. I thought they ran the ball at will on the Seahawks in the first half, and yeah, um, I think this is something that. And I was thinking about this, Ronnie. To be honest with you, all weekend, 
you know, the college effect on the game, whether it's good or bad, doesn't matter. But, the, you know, the running game, sh- shotgun, handed the ball across the set, slow developing runs, all that kind of stuff. It's hard to run the ball effectively doing that. You might hit hit a couple big plays here because of guys out of adjustment, whatever. You put the quarterback underneath the center. Now the ball is up in the line of scrimmage so much faster. It helps the offensive linemen and they're sustaining of blocks. Yeah. You know, you get on guys faster with the running back, and there's there's more deception. There's you can do more of it, and I you see teams going back to more and more of that power running. And I, that's what's exciting for me because that's how football was designed to begin with, you know. And watching some of these teams run the football over the weekend, I, I just felt like the game is back to where it should be in that respect. And I, I just think that the running game is going to get stronger and stronger now in the next few years. All right, speaking of running game, I got to go to this. It didn't help that Dalvin Cook went out with the injury, injured groin uh, there for the second half. But Alexander Madison came in and, and he did well. He went for over 100 yards, so you can't blame it on that. I, I thought, okay, two plays, and I know this has been talked about a lot, but you, you, you got to discuss it. Uh, do, you, do you go for the field goal down there on fourth down and fourth and one? I'm talking about the Vikings. Or do you try to do what they, they did, go for it, uh, now you leave the window open to get beat by one, which is exactly what happens? I think, you know, it's easy to, to sit here and, and make that criticism. I think at the time, you know, I probably would have kicked it um, and make them make the plays, make them go the distance to get a touchdown and go for two and get it. So that's Exactly. A, that's what I was thinking. But, but, and I understand this. The guy on the other team at quarterback is so good in the last few minutes of the game. And he's a little bit like Mahomes in that, you know, that's where he shines. That's where he's at his best. And the confidence on whether or not you think he can get that done. Uh, I understand why he did it. He did it to win the game right there. And he felt like he'd get it. I understand it. I don't have any problem with him doing that whatsoever. If he'd gotten it, we'd be sitting here talking about, boy, what a great decision that was. They iced the game right. kind of thing, you know. And right. had the running back bounced a little bit outside, he probably might might even have scored because there was a crease there. What happened is the lead blocker, the fullback, got stuffed in the hole, and that's not a good thing. So um, yeah. I don't have any problem with the play they ran or the fact that he did it. I, I get it. I'm not sure I'd have done that, but – I'm not sure I wouldn't either. As a head coach, there's a feel, the momentum, and if it wasn't Russell Wilson on the other side, then I think he probably kicks it. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Gary Kubiak, the offensive coordinator, uh, making that decision there. So I thought Cameron Dantzler, he's the rookie corner, number 27. I thought he, he played well up until the last drive, and I thought the lights got a little big and the game got a little big. Uh, there was a big play to um, Metcalf. Metcalf, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Oh, down the, the ball down the sideline where he ended yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. He was in great yeah. position. Yeah. He just yeah, lost now, the ball. He, just, he, lost, he lost the ball and he panicked because they're trying to run a go route against cover three. It Really, the, you don't have a play. And I don't know if if Russell was trying to do this. He underthrows the ball, but it was underthrown so bad that had Dantzler seen it, he could have just come back and knocked it away. I think it was fourth down. It was fourth down and ten. Huh? Yeah, and my my gosh! It, and after that, you could see that that Seahawk momentum starting. And then even when they got down by the goal line, 
you know, they, they, the corner uh, on the other side made a couple nice plays to, to, uh, to, to keep Metcalf out of the end zone. But as, as you say, now, now you're into that zone where all they needed was a touchdown basically to get you, and, and that was it. And so it, to me, it was already done when they got down there. They were going to need something uh, close to a miracle to make it work. You know, Ron, uh, in 99, we were playing Detroit. We're 6-0. and oh, Excuse me, we're 6-1. and one. we just gotten beat by uh, Tennessee this year. We won the Super Bowl at the Rams. And, and we came back and went ahead of Detroit with about 40 seconds left. Yeah. And we ended up getting a, a fourth, and I think it was 25 we played a loose cover three, same play. Guy ran down to the five. They they throw a touchdown the next play and they beat us. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. You just, you know, there's a sense that it should never happen, but it does. He was in great position. The speed of Metcalf, I think, really intimidated him because he's so far <laughs> over the top. And he, he just a young player. You forgot they just need 10. They don't need the touchdown there. They just need 10. So you still oh, no. need to you're right, Mike. You still yeah. need to play the six or, or be aware of that. And he was so concerned as the last play of the game, he was just going to take off to the end zone and stomp that ball. And, you know, it's just yeah. an inexperienced player, really. An experienced player would not have let that happen. He, but, he, no. you know, like, he'll never happen again. <laughs> you know? No, that's, no, that's right. And that, that, that kid learned a lot that day, okay? And, and, and that's, I've been in that situation. Uh, but that's Mississippi State dancer versus Mississippi and Metcalf too. So there's a little of that going on. In, oh yeah, in, uh, one, one side. But it was uh, you know it was interesting. And I and I tell you, uh, Carroll's teams, man, they 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 fight, they fight, they compete, they make plays, and uh, and you know it shows the good 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 uh, good good team and good teams always find to do find a way to do what they do, and that's win games some way somehow. Well, let me ask you a question, and th- and this is one of the reasons I think he, he is such a good football coach, um, and the great ones are like this. I don't think I've ever seen a Pete Carroll team, whether it was at SC or Seattle, and I don't care what the score of the game was, where they they looked disillusioned or they looked like they were out of it or they accepted defeat or they – they just, they just keep coming. They just keep coming. Not for buddy. the whole game, no. Yeah. The first half of that game, defensively and offensively, uh, they they looked different. They looked like they they had, got surprised uh, because they didn't yeah, got surprised, right? Because right. in their preparations, they prepared for that quarterback. They didn't prepare for that running game, yeah. and, and they got lit up. And but you know, Pete adjusted, right? And it's you know, we were played them in the playoffs when I was at the Bears. And we were beating them 35 to 7. Well, we ended up beating them, I think, 35 to 28, and they had the ball at the end, you know. And, it, you know, it was, it, they just keep coming. And that's, that's his energy. That's how he looks at things. That's how he coaches the team. And they've kind of taken his personality. You know, they just keep coming at you, buddy. That's right. Uh, Mike, we were talking about these, these coverages. Okay. So if, if Seahawks fans want to know why they couldn't get the ball deep, early in that game to Metcalf. Uh, Vikings played a lot of cover two and a lot of cover three. And we were talking about this. The Dolphins played a lot of cover three against the Seahawks a few weeks ago, and they, they, they held them pretty good. They were able to shut down the deep pass, you know, until later in the game. And then it seems like Metcalf always shows up and makes a big play. But that's that. Those are old school coverages. Three deep, meaning just three guys deep. We're not giving you anything uh, deep. Take it all short. Cover two. We're going to bang guys underneath, and we're going to keep two behind us. 
And I saw Minnesota doing that. They were rerouting guys. Boy, haven't haven't seen that for a while. It was refreshing to see somebody get a cover two jam. Refreshing to see someone play in a deep third and not get beat over the top. You know, and I think they that's what Seattle had to adjust to later in the second half. And they and I think they did it with some formations and and some stuff with the tight end. I saw a couple routes that uh, were beaters for those coverages. But you know, I saw something in there um, that I hadn't seen for a long time. Um, and I, I haven't looked at the coach's copy. I just This is just from my observation from TV and some of the playbacks that they did on the tube there. But it looked to me like they were playing a cover two jam and jammed them hard and then carried them up the field and played quarters behind it. So they took, yeah, away, right. they took away the middle because as soon as you see too deep, you're going to get tight end down the middle or one of those guys. Right. And now all of a sudden the safety squeeze the middle. They, they settle and because they were trying to get the ball into that deep post area and there's a safety sitting there all the time. And so I think they showed him one thing and played something else a little bit and it confused Russell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of that, that uh, soft stuff, Mike, like I'm going to play two. We used to call it two Kathy. You play two with your corners. All right. Your, your corners really have the flat, but we're going to cheat it. If there's nothing in the flat, we're going to sink them and slough them, and then they may jump underneath some comebacks and maybe help on some dig routes, things like that. Yeah, but that's that's exactly uh, that's exactly what was happening there. Uh, Monday, mm, <laughs> Chargers. You know, you, I guess at some point your kicker's got to make a a kick. Right, and I think um, the Chargers have been so vanilla on offense, and this kid is this young man, uh, Herbert. The Oregon quarterback now with the Chargers, he has done such a good job, and they've done a good job not giving him too much. But now they need to start putting a little bit more in the plate because they, the running game is very, very vanilla. I watch them; it frustrates me a little bit. I think they can do a little bit more, you know, uh, with that and help him and really help him with some of the play action. But they're doing a real good job with developing him. They're not asking him to do too much. And if they'll just stay the course, this the worm will turn, as they say. Uh, it will turn. Don't panic. You know, you've lost a bunch of games that potentially you could have won. That will happen. Just keep the pedal to the metal and just feed him a little bit more and, and rely on the running game. You, they'll be all right. You know, it's going to be hard for them. Uh, you know, in that division, it'll be kind of hard. But it's still, uh, they're like I said last week, I think they are the surprise team in the league this year. I think they're going to get better and better. Right. How much did did it surprise you uh, for the Raiders to go into Kansas City and get that win? I was disappointed. It's not so much in Kansas City deserved the win. They did a great job of coaching. I think John, his approach to the game was uh, spot on. But I was really kind of disappointed in the way defensively Kansas City played that game. They just they just decided that this quarterback couldn't play under pressure, and they were relentless in trying to pressure him. And then they got they got killed. You know, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. That's the old adage. And yeah. I think that they were probably uh, really felt like they could uh, intimidate and harass him enough to where, you know, and he and they blocked him. They locked him up there. They pounded the ball when they had to, and they left those corners on an island with uh, no help, and they paid the price for it. Yeah. Boy, a tough, uh, tough day down in Dallas. Uh, the whole world knows about the uh, Dak Prescott injury, and we wish him the best in his recovery. Uh, they pull one out over the Giants. Is it possible that this team could actually improve or at least stabilize the ship with uh, a pretty good quarterback now at the helm? Well, you know, I think the the focus offensively will probably 
be more of redistribution of, of uh, you know, the offense in terms of getting the running game more involved, a little bit more play action. And this quarterback is a real good player. He's established that fact. If you can win at, at uh, you know, the at Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you can win in Pacoima. You know, you, you, it just – you know, this, this you know, Andy Dalton is a, is a really good player. He's not just a starter in the league. I think he's an above average player. I think he's certainly capable of winning the Super Bowl on a good team. So they've got a lot of good parts for him. I think now their attention will be re- redistributed to involving more uh, avenues in that offense than just winging it. And I think that's healthy for the defense. Falcons went ahead and uh, made not only the coaching change, they said, listen, GM, why don't you get out too? <laughs> yeah, uh, just clean the whole closet out. Don't just clean half of it, right? Well, anytime yeah. you know, anytime uh, a club is really struggling like this, and you're looking to point a finger, you know, if you want to point a finger, look at the personnel. If the personnel is not good, because it's a players' game, we all know that. You, we got good players. You have the, whoever has the best players got the best chance of winning. You don't care who the coaches are, but um, you you have to look at that. And if the if the salary cap meshed with the type of talent that you have and all those factors are not good, then you need to start there before you start looking at that coach. So I think removing both of them, I think that that's probably something that people will think of in the future because it's easy to, to fire a coach when the, you know, he's, you give him a gun with no bullets, you know, you just, you know, Brad Marinelli, Detroit had no chance, no chance. The, not only was the cupboard not bare, there was no cupboard. So, yeah. you know, you got, you got to start. Leagues got to start looking at that. Owners need to look at that. You, personnel is number one priority. Period. The best personnel guy in there. You know, get the best people on that team, and then worry about hiring a coach. Yep, that's Dan Quinn and uh, Thomas Dimitrov. Both guys gone, and they will re-rack things. So let's move forward here into next week. Bills and Tennessee, they're going to play Tuesday night. So that's another COVID adjustment. I'm not even going to get into all that because it's driving me crazy, to be quite honest with you. There's been so many changes. I can't keep up with them all. You know what it'd be like, Ron, is reading the stock market index on on the show. (laughs) You just – Yeah, right. It's going to change and, you know, just – Tell us when they're playing and we'll watch it. You know, that's the way it is. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to go down the list here, Mike. Uh, Denver at the Patriots. Um, you know, Patriots 2-2. Two and two, They're trying to stabilize. Uh, you know, Cam I Cam should be back. Uh, is that right? I, what What's the word on that? Is he ready to go yet? I don't know. Well, that's my understanding. Um, you know, if he, did, if he is indeed coming back, they'll be energized and – yeah. You know, that's a tough place to play anytime, but when they're at full go, which I think they're pretty close to that. And then, of course, Denver's got some real problems going on there with the quarterback, and yeah. they're just not playing very well. So um, that's got a chance of being lopsided. Yeah, rough sledding already for uh, head coach Vic Fangio. Okay, here's one for you, Mike. The Browns and the Steelers. 4-1 and one Browns. They're starting to feel themselves a little bit. And the 4-0 and oh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Well, I, you know, obviously this the win over Indianapolis, and that's a great defense that they have, uh, gives you hope that the Browns will play well and have a chance here against a Steeler defense. Um, I just think that their ability to run the football uh, or their inability will be the, the difference in this game. If the Browns can come out and control the line of scrimmage like they've done in the past, 
take the pressure off that quarterback. I did not think Baker Mayfield played very well last week. I thought he missed some throws he should have never missed. And it comes down to his, he had a real wide base at times. He's a shorter guy. Sometimes you do that. But if he can make those throws that he usually makes and they run the football, then I think it's going to be a real, I think they'll have a real good chance of beating Pittsburgh. I just think that there's enough momentum and energy there and, physically they'll match up with them. Uh, I just like the Browns right now and where they're headed. I guess maybe yeah. I want them to win, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of energy coming out of Cleveland, isn't it, right Yeah, now? there is. Everything seems to be rolling the you know, when you, you know, Ron, when, when I went to the Rams there in 99, they had lost. They had like 10 straight losing seasons or whatever it was. And, you know, when it started getting on that roll and we started winning, it, it was like a, a whole new – awakening in the city, the players, everything, the culture completely changed. And it wasn't that you expected to win. There was just an enthusiasm, more than normal enthusiasm for just playing the game, you know, and and guys start feeding off of each other's successes. And there's an energy that's just, I can't explain it. It's just a different place to be. Yeah. Baltimore going into the Eagles, that shouldn't be a problem. But in this league, always better keep your antennas up. Uh, let's see here. Falcons uh, going into play. The Vikings, new coach, changes made. Vikings coming back after this loss to Seattle. That's probably a get healthy game, wouldn't you think? If you're if you're the Vikings, you definitely want to get this one. You know, I think it's different than Houston. The, the firings. I think Houston's a very talented team that was demoralized, and I think the change helped them. Uh, here, I don't think they're a very good team. Uh, the change, I don't think is going to, I don't think the same thing happened in Houston isn't going to happen in Atlanta. I just think they're continued on a downward spiral, and I think the Vikings will, will uh, recover on them. Yeah. Green Bay going down to Tampa Bay. Green Bay 4 0, taking on the Buccaneers at 3 and 2. Hmm. Uh, Buccaneers may still be smarting a little bit from that loss and, and, and the confusion there at the end for Tom Brady. I don't know, but, you know, hey, here's a perfect opportunity to get back on track, so to say. Well, you know, anytime Green Bay goes to Tampa, the, the weather thing is always a, a bit of an issue, uh, whether you like to talk about it or not. It always was for us. It's a miserable place to play when it's hot, um, you know, the humidity, yeah. et cetera. But, um, Tampa's defense has been a little on again, off again, but they're potentially really good. If they put it together, this could be a, a big time battle. Uh, Tom will always shine when things are at the worst. He's that great competitor. I think you get the best of Tom Brady to, in this weekend, and it'll be a heck of a dogfight. I think it's it'll be a one that I certainly want to see. Yep, the Rams going up to San Francisco. I, I do you see anything? Uh, I don't know. Interesting happening there. Rams four and one. They look like they're they're in control and just nice and smooth right now. 49ers just struggling to keep their head above the water with all the injuries. Yeah, I think uh I think that's uh <laughs> that's gonna be very difficult on the 49ers. I think that's gonna be uh physically in every way kind of yeah. ugly. I think they're gonna beat up on them pretty good. Yeah. Chiefs and the Bills. Now, the Bills are already going to play Tuesday, and then they're going to play again the following Monday, which isn't bad. At least they're, they're going to get the full six days, seven days. Uh, but now the Chiefs are going to come in there angry, and depending on what happens to the Bills Tuesday, they could be angry too. <laughs> well, I, I just think the Bills are such a good football team throughout. 
You know, I, yeah. when you look at him, whether it's special teams, defense, whatever, and that quarterback is on that big spike, he's headed up, and they're running the football so well. They're built the right way. You know, uh, they are definitely built the right way. And to me, I think it's the up-and-coming AFC team. I believe they'll be in the AFC championship game. I think this might be just a precursor to it. Uh, I do think uh, the Bills will win that game. I just – Kansas City's defense is um, – that's something that nobody wants to talk about, but they have their moments. But ultimately, uh, they've they've uh, dropped their pants a few times too. Mm-hmm. And finally, the Cowboys will be at home against the Cardinals. Don't be surprised if the Cowboys, with all the stuff that's gone on, don't end up three and three and don't end up winning this division because I don't see a lot of competition around within that NFC East right now. No, that's right, and I but I do believe that. Um, defensively, they've got to do something to sure this thing up. I'm talking about the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Cardinals still don't know what they are. Uh, there's, you know, the it's a hot and cold situation. They're a quarterback to some extent. Uh, I think he'll give the Cowboys uh, fits with his ability to take off and go. And, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, I, I think the Cowboys, if, I would like to see him come out and control the game and pound it and, and gobble the clock up and, and put the Cardinals in a lopsided uh, attempt at you know throwing the ball all the time, then I think that they'd win that. But if they start winging it all over the lot, then who knows what's going to happen? It could be a scoring yeah, race. Well, yeah, and we'll have to see how these uh, COVID changes and, and adjustments on schedules continue to go because this could be another factor that plays into it. But as always, my friend, had a lot of fun doing it. Can't wait to do it again. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, Ryan. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, a very special thank you to our Hall of Fame guest, Ronnie Lott. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Now it's time to turn the mic around and hear from you, our listeners. Got a question for me or coach? Send us an email at runitagainpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on social media at runitagainpod. Be sure to join us next Tuesday as we answer some of those email and social media questions. And we'll be joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Moon. Don't forget to visit us at runitagainpodcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. Be safe and stay healthy, everyone. Run it again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz. A Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network's production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton. Producer Ted Woods. And technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Run It Again Podcast.